0: Hello, welcome to the HVAC Tech Tips Podcast, presented to you by CE. My name is Jack Hoffman. I'm a Customer Assurance Manager here with CE. Disclaimer, all information in the HVAC Tech Tips Podcast is intended for licensed HVAC professionals. All electrical, mechanical, and plumbing work should be performed by licensed trade professionals only. This podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Hello, welcome to the HPAC Tech Tips Podcast. Today's episode, we have part four of our Duckless series with Brooks Whitson. Today's episode is going to be on service tips. Brooks is one of our customer assurance managers on our tech support team. And we also have a listener who would like a shout out, um, Danny Reyes. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for your input on the email. And we will try to accommodate the episode you're requesting on Airflow in the near future. Over to you, Brooks.
1: Hey, thanks, Jack. So the last couple of podcasts, we talked about ductless uh, installation, uh, design, a little bit of history on on ductless products. So let's get into servicing uh, ductless. Um, So inverter driven technology is leading our industry and setting efficiency standards across the board. Um, Higher tier ductless models use this technology. Uh, inverter-driven technology in their compressors and their fan motors. Uh, just as the, the industry is changing in HVAC technology, you know, we should be evolving our troubleshooting methods to accommodate for that as well. So what do you do if you go up on a ductless call and it just, you're just completely stumped? You, you have no idea what's going on. Nothing's running. There's no fault codes. What do you do? So, you know, manufacturers, they put out numerous resources for technicians um, to help them in the field, troubleshoot systems. Uh, a lot of times they also offer factory training or through uh, your local distributor. So Carrier, they have a service technician app that techs can search their equipment's model, serial number, or re- they can even scan the barcode on the side of the uh, the equipment. And that can pull up product uh, product data. Uh, the service manuals, um, installation manuals. So at least with carrier, that technician app, that's a very good resource to have on your tablet or, or your phone. Uh, I actually still, I use that why I support technicians over the phone sometimes in case my computer's running slow. So so when it comes to servicing ductless units, um, one, of the, one of the most important uh, pieces of advice I have is just Use extreme caution working around uh, your, your power supply in near the ductless control boards, uh, especially with the outside units. Um, you know, those boards hold around a 300 to 400 volt DC uh, charge or punch to them um, and can possibly hurt you, you know, if uh, if you, you know, ground yourself to them or touch them by accident. So even if you turn the power off, the, the big capacitors on some of these control boards can hold a voltage charge for several minutes, um, you know, after the power has been disabled. So now you can always measure the capacitors uh, for if they're still holding a charge by finding the, the little uh, solder dot connections where they're connected on the boards. And you just measure your DC voltage across them uh, to see if the capacitors have discharged or not. When verifying if a system's cooling properly, uh, you don't have to put your gauges on a ductless system. So yes, you sometimes will hook up your gauges, but there are certain scenarios um, and we'll get into that. So, you know, it's not really recommended unless the system isn't keeping up to to put your gauges on. So let me give you an example. Uh, If you go out to a system and all the fans are running, the compressor's running, but the system isn't keeping up or maintaining temperature. So these are some things you should check. First, make sure your filters, your indoor coil an outdoor coil, and your blower wheel are all clean because, you know, going back to the basics, um, you know, ductless systems still use air as the medium. We're, we're transferring heat through that air, so we have to have good airflow through all our major components that use air. To reject or absorb heat, right? So that's that's the first step: filters, coils, uh, and blower. Second, verify the remote is set to the proper mode, and the indoor unit beeps when you turn the temperature up or down. So, with a ductless unit, the indoor unit, if you have a, if you have a, a ductless system with a wired, uh, or I'm sorry, with a wireless controller. Technically, a wire controller should do the same thing too with most manufacturers, but with a ductless indoor unit, most manufacturers, whenever you press a button, that indoor unit's gonna give you a confirmation beep, you know, an audible beep sound. So it's important that you hear that every time you push a button. Now, granted, uh, most ductless manufacturers with a, a wireless remote, you have to be in their specified line of sight of the infra uh, of the infrared display, um, so you, you have to make sure that you're within that distance, pointing at the infrared uh, display on the unit, and you hear that audible beep. So that's important because sometimes that gets missed. So okay, so you have the unit set. Uh, let's say you're running an air conditioning. So you want to take a temperature of the return uh, of the return air at the uh, unit's inlet, and then take a temperature of your uh, supply air. Just be careful uh, depending on what unit you're working on. So let's say you're working on a high wall, um, typically you can take your return air temperature right on top where the filters are. But with the taking the temperature in the supply, just make sure you don't stick your temperature probe and insert it into the unit, because most temperature probes will go far enough to hit the, uh, the cross flow fan wheel. And it's, it's plastic, so a lot of times you'll, you'll have the, um, you know, the ductless unit will start spitting uh, plastic veins out like, uh, like, uh, like they're spitting out, I guess, teeth or, or something like that. But anyways, it won't be good for the service call at all. So. Um, so a properly charged AC system will give about a 20 to 30 degree temp drop through the unit with the fan set to uh, high fan speed. And if the temperature is turned down by uh, more than three degrees, so if your inside temperature is 73 degrees, if you turn your temperature down by at least three degrees, for most ductless manufacturers, that will increase the frequency of that outside compressor, and uh, that should create a bigger demand there. So, so anyways, if you have a system with uh, that's only blowing 17 degree air, you know, so bet- the difference between the return air and the supplier is only 17 degrees and you have the temperature turned down by more than three degrees in your room temp and the fan is in the high fan speed. Um, you could su- suspect possibly a charge issue if everything uh, before checked out, like your all your airflow uh, checks. The coils were clean, filters um, and the cross flow fan, uh, the wheel was clean. So every manufacturer is different on charging so, you know, when you hook up to a ductless unit uh, with the uh, compressor, it, it will actually change RPMs. So you can't really charge it like a conventional system. Now, some ductless manufacturers will give you a certain criteria or superheat range that you can charge the unit in cooling mode. Um, you know, but some manufacturers don't. And one thing that we all can agree on is that the weigh-in method is the best and most accurate method to charge a ductless system. So when in doubt, on charge, weigh it out. Um, You know, if you're not meeting that criteria, the weigh-in method is by far the most accurate. And if you're doing any type of refrigerant repairs, like compressor failures, um, anything like that, verifying your system uh, total charge first and then recovering, weigh out what you recover, and compare. And that could, that could uh, you know, maybe give you some answers with what caused the failure. You know, uh, if the system total charge was, we'll say, seven pounds, uh, three ounces with your line set length and everything accounted for, and you only pulled out four pounds, maybe that's what took your compressor out. Maybe you have a leak somewhere and there's another issue going on here. So... All right, so if you go out to a job and a ductless doesn't turn on at all, always check for proper voltage first at the outdoor unit. Uh, The outdoor units usually supply power to the indoor units, so that's probably one of the first places to check if the unit uh, doesn't do anything if you have no displays on your indoor unit. Um, It's best, if you do have fault codes, it's best to look at the indoor unit at that fault code and then go outside and look at the outdoor unit at that fault code. And you wanna look at both your manufacturer's troubleshooting guides to um, work together to see if, um, you know, which code, it. you know, is my indoor code referencing to look at my outdoor. Uh, for, for instance, some manufacturers have codes on the indoor units that can tell you a code that's not even defined and it's more or less telling you to, hey, there's an issue, so you need to look at the outdoor code. And the outdoor code will most likely lead you to a path of, um, you know, uh, it basically will lead you to a path to, to figure out what possibly could be the issue there. So, um, so you still may run into a few older ductless uh, units uh, that use PSE motors. Um, you know, they're getting... Uh, you know, get, they're getting replaced by uh, three phase motors. Um, most of the mid and high tier efficient units use three phase motors or an ECM motor that uh, may have more than three wires that go to them. If there's more than three wires that go to the ECM motor, it's most likely in that motor, there's a, there's an actual uh, module built into that motor like a control board. So that's why the five, like if you have a five wire motor on a ductless unit, um, or if it's more than three wires, most likely there's that control board and you can't own that motor out to test it for the most part. Unless, you may, unless your supplier or manufacturer gives you those readings, usually if there's that board inside, it's, it's uh, going to be hard to own it out. In those situations, typically you want to confirm what type of voltages you should be getting from your control board to that motor to verify if that motor is good or not. And that's just electrically now speaking. Um, Now on a three phase motor, that's a fan or compressor, you'll have uh, three wires going to them for their power. If you own them out, all three windings should have equal resistance to one to another. Uh, So for example, let's say that, you know, you measured ohms on winding one and winding two, and then winding two to winding three, and then winding three to winding one. Well, all three ohm values should be the same. So I'll give you an example, 10 ohms, 10 ohms, and 10 ohms. We would want all three windings to be the equal resistance there. They all should match. Um, so, <clears throat> so that would just be testing the, the, the windings of the motors. Now, you can also check to see if there's an, uh, any type of uh, path to ground from any of the windings, which is important as well. So if you place your meter in mega ohm scale, um, basically the ohm symbol kind of looks like a horseshoe and then you would want uh, usually a capital M to be in front of it. So capital M ohms or capital M horseshoes if if I'm trying to be descriptive and kind of paint a picture here for you. So if you measure each winding to ground, any reading less than one mega ohm to ground is a failed motor. So that would be a failed electrical motor then. You have less than one mega ohms of ground. If you read OL or infinite resistance or a mega ohm reading greater than one mega ohms, so for example, 2.5 mega ohms, then electrically the motor's okay. Now, even if the motor electrically passes, mechanically it still could have failed. So that's where you have to check, um, you know, if it's, If it's a compressor, if you're getting even voltage to the compressor or you get in the amp draw, you know, maybe the compressor is mechanically seized, you know, know, with a fan motor. Maybe the fan motor electrically tests okay, but you can't spin it. The shaft is seized, you know, so that would be a mechanical failure. Now, let's talk about some communication issues. So, If a communication error is active on a ductless unit, you know, one thing to keep in mind, if you're a service tech and and you are more frequently working on ductless units, whatever manufacturer you mainly service, it's a good idea to keep some spare wire on your truck. Um, So if you have a communication issue, um, a lot of times it's good to ask questions to the customer. Have you had any surges lately, like power surges? Do a visual inspection of your control boards inside and outside. If those seem okay, um, you know, if you know more information about what you're working on, you could troubleshoot by taking some DC voltage readings on, on uh, uh, on the outdoor and at the indoor unit. But another thing, too, is, you know, sometimes wiring can go bad, or if it was the wrong wiring to start with, um, you really want to see what your manufacturer spec'd for your, your communication wiring. Um, you know, if it was like a 14 gauge THHN um, 600 volt rated wire, um, you so you just want to see for that, uh, you know, what was spec'd. But sometimes just running a temporary wire from inside to outside, you know, through a doorway or a window, as long as it's not a nuisance or a safety hazard to any by, uh, bystander in that workspace, um, you know, that that's a that's a good idea to do because I've had jobs where, um, you know, the L2 wire has failed. And that L2 wire, uh, you know, on most manufacturers, it's used for high voltage, but also the, the high voltage DC for communications. And I've also had where the communication wire has failed too. Um, so, you know, I've seen it kind of both ways. So that's why it's good to have, Uh, some spare wire on your truck just for troubleshooting. Now, with troubleshooting your communication error even more, with going back to the Carrier Technician app, uh, there are some troubleshoot flow charts for a a communication fault um, that you can follow on the newer produced um, carrier ductless products. There's actually a ductless diagnostic service tool. And you can find this on carrierenterprise.com. So this carrier duckless service tool, it, now uh, there's a disclaimer here, it does not work on every single carrier produced duckless unit. So this mainly works on most of, not all, but most of the newer carrier duckless products. Um, you know, it mainly works on those. And with this duckless tool, the one thing you can do with it, you can actually turn this unit, and this tool into a piece of equipment. So I can take it to my outdoor unit And I can make my tool the indoor unit and hook it up and and see, can my tool find my outdoor unit? And if it can, then I can can take this tool now, I can take it to the indoor unit, and now I can make my tool my outdoor unit and hook it to my indoor. And and can I find my indoor unit? And, you know, so that's one tool that's out there that can, at least if you're working on the carrier ductless line, you know, on the newer product, Um, that potentially could uh, help you narrow down what issues you could have. Um, Now, there's also another tool that is not a carrier ductless tool, but it can work on several manufacturers. And you'd have to really reach out to them and verify this. But uh, Refco makes an inverter checker tool. So one, it can check the inverter for, uh, you know, even voltage being produced by an inverter slash VFT, I guess. but there's a data flow or uh, data flow ports that can show you data flow arrows and, uh, you know, that can be important and helpful to figure out if, you know, with trying to figure out a communication issue. Um, I will say with that tool, you really have to know there's two data flow arrows, you know, that flow in different directions, you really have to know um, what a normal, unit looks like, because not all units will show both arrows. They may just, if it's a, a normal working system, may just show you one flow arrow. So on carrier website, uh, or carrierenterprise.com, just type in refco, R-E-F-C-O, inverter checker, and then you'll see the tool that comes up. It's inverter checker kit. And for the carrier ductless tool, uh, if you, you type in uh, just Duckless Diagnostic Service Tool, you should be able to pull it up. Um, and if you want to write the part number down, I'll say it slowly. That part number is 17222000, A is an alpha, 55927. Now, a couple other things that Duckless Tool can do as well, the Carrier Duckless Tool. Um, You can actually test your EXV, you can set your uh, compressor, RPM, um, you know, so there's several different tools or, uh, you know, test features that you can do with that tool. Um, And another thing that I wanted to recommend too is when troubleshooting any ductless product, a really good quality meter is very important because you you won't always see the correct um, communication um voltage with every every uh multimeter manufacturer out there for instance um the one multimeter that i have it's a very good reputable i'm not going to say the brand but it's a very good reputable brand it's a multimeter so i can do phase rotation i can do amps i can do um, um you know uh you know bc voltage uh, ac voltage mega ohms But I cannot see with that multimeter, I can't see the negative pulse in my communication signal, um, like a good service bench style meter, um, like a higher quality service bench meter. So that's where it kind of makes it harder to discern, you know, proper voltages sometimes. And a lot of times can uh, be an issue with the type of meter you're using. So just keep that in mind. And I, I think this product, this duckless tool, you, you might benefit from it, and um, and then investing into a good quality service bench meter, um, and you know I think that will probably help you out with figuring out some of the uh, some of the communication era, uh, errors that you get out there. So, uh, Jack, what would you like to add to this um, that could help techs in servicing the duckless units?
0: Um, I'd like to add one of the most important things on the on the subject of meters is guys get the needle lead kit. Get the kit with the needle leads. We have you know all these little micro plugs and you know tiny connections. And uh, if you know sometimes we get calls where you know guys don't have the needle leads and you know they're they're struggling to troubleshoot and give us the readings we need. I mean sometimes they'll you know they'll I guess pull a MacGyver thing or you know, put paper clips down in, the, in there and then try to read it or, you know, pieces of thermostat wire. But, you know, I mean, that'll get you out of a jam, but invest in the needle leads, invest in a good meter. If you're a career technician, you know, you need good tools and, you know, high quality tools for the most part, they'll last a very long time. Um, I have a, an older, um, you know, fluke meter I bought many years ago, works wonderfully to this day, um, bought it, had a lifetime warranty, um, still has that warranty. One time I had to send it out um, so I do also have a spare meter. You know, speaking of that subject, I had to have a, a you know a spare meter. So I shipped them the meter. Of course, I thought I was going to get a new one. They they repaired it, like refurbished it, and sent it back, which I was happy with. It's still a great meter. But I think that policy may have you know changed with them guys. I don't know if they you know still have that. But that's just something to look for. I mean, just spend the money on the tools. You know, if you go to a car dealer, you don't you know see a guy in there of junk tools usually. He's got the you know the snap on. So you got to got to do the same in our trade. You got to just you know, as far as our electronic stuff, you, you really need high quality stuff. So another thing is that inverter tester, um, if you don't have that, um, you know, as Brooks was talking, the, the Refco um, tester, and that's actually spelled uh, R-E-F, as in Foxtrot, C-O. Um, get one of those. I mean, there's so many inverter products, even if we're not, you know, just talking about ductless, you know, our we have our regular inverter, you know, split systems. And now you have inverter products and in like commercial rooftops now. You know, so that that tool is gonna come in handy. So um, I've used one before in our, you know, some of our training equipment, it works well and I, I highly recommend it. So you, you have anything else, Brooks?
1: Yeah, I think for, I think for the, uh, I mean, the main part of the podcast, I mean, I, I think that's a, about it. Um, I think we hit most of the topics. Um, So, I mean, if there's anything that you guys would like to have us do an additional podcast on Duckless, I mean, we're all ears. I mean, give us feedback, let us know uh, some questions you have that's out there. Um, You know, we definitely would like to help feed you guys uh, the resources uh, to not just make you guys better, it makes us better too. So, you know, we definitely want to help support uh, the industry and, and just grow together.
0: And yeah, no, I agree with that. That sounds good. And then, guys, just another thing is we have a training site. Please check out our training site. We have a lot of uh, information on there, a lot of videos for you. Um, the, that web address is CEMATraining.com. Once again, CEMATraining.com. But I think we, yeah. we've hit everything. Uh, go ahead, Brooks.
1: I was going to say, Jack, yeah, that, yeah you're right. Um, on that website, carrier, uh, CEMATraining.com, uh, our, our trainer, uh, Josh Goodman, actually has a lot of good videos, training videos on Duckless, and it's free to you. Um, so there's multiple videos. Of, of course, most of it's geared towards the carrier uh, Duckless product, but there's good troubleshooting resources on those videos. Um, yeah, so check them out. Josh is always uploading new videos. I think he just up- uploaded a new one about a new high wall unit that just got released. Um, so if you got time, check it out. Um, uh, you know, we're doing big things and, um, it's, it's another resource for you, um, that, that can help you. So,
0: okay. And one more thing on our, our training site. I mean, guys, if you have something you want to see on there, if we have the ability to get it on there, we can, uh, you know, make a request with Josh where, you know, he can film something and put a video up for you. So, but I think we've hit on every topic. I'd like to say, thank you for listening. And if you do want to contact us. Um we can be emailed at cma at Once again, cma.techtips at Thank you for listening, guys. Have a good day. Thanks.